International Women's Day the Down is Shahagin. Arangedar Chesis Midlama Vino Rish came fin and Akram with an on law of a craha hakis fetalum a rogar nilain dram Ellen Don Okoichanashit Hain. May I say first of all what a great pleasure it is to welcome you all here to Orsanutron this afternoon as we in anticipation of Sunday's International Women's Day, we're celebrating International Women's Day in a very, very special year. Uh, on this Sunday, the theme of International Women's Day is Each for Equal, which suggests to all of us, I think, uh, that we make a reflection on our personal responsibility to contribute towards the creation of a fairer, more equal world. Indeed, the absence of that, the contradiction of that, an unfair, unequal world, the burden of that contradiction is carried so overwhelmingly by women. Augustan, Ahasaram Hinga, will admit that the Nilinikan Tronona, a Glachlashan Dutlan, the Nilikan Rodiakanakud, I Bragas and Van Fiatish, Consokia Krohuna, will dish Laura Gustish Ron Fiatta, Kora Mai Gokban, Oga Kulrug, as Gokrit of Gamedishanan. Port a glock of moonlu and talky. Part umlen are ere a glock of inoknud and seal. I'm so delighted to see here today. Sabina and I are so pleased and privileged that there are many, so many who have taken up the, the baton and people who broke new ground and campaigning to create a society which recognizes the importance of women of all ages, backgrounds, and creeds uh, having an equal voice an equal right to participate in, in, in and shape their society. As I was thinking about remarks uh, last week about preparation for an event like this, I began to think if one thought globally about all of the women in different circumstances who are suffering as we are in fact meeting here, but also then again all of the women who are making fantastic efforts in, in difficult circumstances to advance. 2020 marks the 25th anniversary of what constitutes perhaps the most advanced wide-ranging strategic plan for the achievement of women's rights in countries and regions across the world. The Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action, it remains a defining framework for change and its 12 critical areas of concern still remain as relevant today as they were in that month of September 1995, when 17,000 participants and 10,000 activists gathered in Beijing, united in one aim to progress gender equality and the empowerment of every woman in every part of the world, in every circumstance. Women's rights and how they can be fully achieved challenges the fundamental structures and values of our society. I find it necessary every year to stress that no culture can be abused or invoked to stand between a woman and her rights. And I think this is very important. And if we wish to realize full equality between women and men, we can only do so by ensuring women are enabled to initiate, I think, to inform and shape and take decisions on all of those different aspects that will uh, affect their lives and on an equal basis. 
in the decision-making, decision-shaping, taking and implementing processes that define and underpin their own society. And it is worth repeating again and again that it is not only women that suffer in relation to these exclusions, they bear the greatest burden, but society itself is damaged by such exclusions, which I think is very important. And as this 25th anniversary approaches, we in Ireland, along with our international community, have, as I have said, an opportunity to make a reflection on such progress as has been made, but even more importantly, the challenges that still remain to be met if we're in terms of the atmosphere that prevailed in the drawing up of that historic document that is the Beijing Declaration. Yes, progress has been made, but there is no doubt whatsoever that considerable ground remains to be won before we can claim the achievement of full equality between men and women in societies and countries across the world. The Beijing Declaration of Platform for Action, I think, encouraged and brought strong political resolve and focus to the issue of gender equality. It's important to celebrate the significance of the day itself. And I think it built bridges, uniting women's movements on a global scale, and it brought activists together in clear agreement on tactics on how to proceed in the pursuit of equity and empowerment of women. But since then, too, many of the promises made by the Platform for Action have been converted into real actions in many countries and regions, enriching and improving the lives of their citizens. And I think what one is speaking of here is a profound act of solidarity. And speaking of solidarity, may I make a special mention of Lavinia Kerwick, who has been with here this afternoon with us. Lavinia is one of those rare and inspiring people who are exemplary in bravely sharing their difficult stories, often at great personal cost. And they've done so and do so and will do so in order to change minds and policies and thus create a just society, a better society for their fellow citizens. Lavinia chose to plant those important seeds of change in what is a space of hurt, vulnerability and isolation in order that change might take place, that something strong and enduring might grow and flourish. Her generous courage has given victims of rape the right to have their voices heard at the time of sentencing, of describing in their own words the damage, fear and heartbreak they have suffered through the actions of the perpetrator sitting in the same space as them in the courtroom. Her brave determination is also ensuring that the Director of Public Prosecutions can appeal sentences for rape which they consider to be too lenient. There have been many achievements. Today, more females than at any other time in history are protected by law against gender-based violence and live under constitutions that guarantee gender equality. But consciousness has to be changed and the enormity of the significance of the prevailing of the, what prevails in relation to domestic violence still challenges us all. Victories are not easily won, and we all as a society owe the Lavinia Kerwicks of our world an enormous debt of gratitude. She and the many other women in Ireland and across the world who continue to challenge sexual violence and harass harassment, who initiate what are uncomfortable if necessary conversations, their efforts demanding change and justice deserve not only our appreciation, 
but our solidarity and our support. And it is very important to honour all the, the women of the past and the women of previous generations and the men who supported them on these very, very important issues. As none of the changes that I have mentioned have fallen from the sky. They took an enormous amount of courage. We have in recent times witnessed solidarity through the coming together of many women in different parts of the world to share their stories as victims of abuse and of the consequences of the imbalances of power. This is why these issues on International Women's Day, the word international is very important. You cannot say that you achieve justice within a set of borders if in fact you know that there are breaches of human rights outside of those borders. And these are so true in relation to women who are deprived of land, deprived of justice, whose the integrity of their bodies and who are being abused, women in refugee camps, and then in the so-called developed society, women are discriminated against in terms of their talents, careers, and opportunities. All these stories have been a salutary reminder that no society, no matter how nominally advanced, is immune to harmful regressions in the areas of rights painstakingly won. The lesson is clear. It is that one's guard must never be dropped. One must be willing to confront not just violence, but prejudice and disrespect wherever it arises. And that which informs a consciousness which does not accept equality. Yes, there have been important improvements in terms of participation. And this is good news, I think, for example, even in relation to areas when I mentioned the courts earlier, we have a significant number in relation of justices now, uh, in fact, and that has been a very significant women sitting on the bench that is very, very important. The number of women serving a political office in some parts of the globe is unprecedented. In Rwanda, nearly two-thirds of the parliamentary seats are held by women, but then equally in Rwanda, women's rights are contravened in relation to so many aspects of the rural economy. In Namibia and South Africa, Senegal, Mozambique, in all those countries, the number of proportion of parliamentarians is 40% or more. And then in the European Parliament, women are now 40.3% of MEPs. Encouraging news, but we must not lose sight, however, the fact that recent statistics show that less than a quarter of all parliamentarians are female, while globally there are 27 states in which women account for less than 10%. So we have a journey to travel yet in relation to full and proper representation. And when it comes to income across the globe, women continue to earn less than two-thirds of that earned by men. A gap that the World Economic Forum estimates will take, would take at the present rate over 200 years to close at the present rate of change. So we're not evolving towards solving that problem either, and it takes advocacy and it takes campaigns. Women not only earn less than men, but also own less property. And among the wealth statistics, leaving them highly dependent and vulnerable to poverty and abuse. A third of women will suffer physical or sexual violence in their lifetime. Every time I read and say that, I just find it almost such an incredible, credible scar on humanity. A third of women will suffer physical or sexual violence in their lifetime. 
And it is a matter of great concern that 800 women die in childbirth every day in, modern, in conditions of modern science and technology, an unacceptable figure in any modern age. So the law and oblivion of Fosagas with the Jaravu Vishing, Kunkin Keguil Karta Margotme, Naman Egnartur Futantan, and Shonin Fictor and Tunker Donavi, Egjaravur Orbertrak Tirkun and Inchna, Axnakrati Bartishogas, Nagnivik Tegwin and the Stratosh, Nashent and Naman. Women's rights continue to spread and strengthen, and the campaigns and advocacy grows around the world. But there is so much work that remains to be done. And here in Ireland, as we reflect on the 25 years that have passed since the Declaration was adopted, we can see its profound influence on the development of gender equality legislation, frameworks for policies and actions related to the National Women's Strategy. We've witnessed an increase in the number of women engaged in paid work, significant advancement in the educational achievements of women and girls, and enhanced legislation designed to prohibit discrimination in employment and in service provision and access on the basis of gender. But I still find that there is a fundamental which isn't recognised sufficiently, and that is to recognise the work that women do all of the work that women do and all of the effort that is expended. We are far from that. At a societal level, violence against women is legally no longer, is no longer justified and tolerated as a private family matter. Far, far too long, all of the suffering took place behind the doors, confined to the home, outside of the remitted public bodies of the state. And we had the scandalous exclusion of the role of the state in protecting women. Across all national polities, gender impact is now being considered and monitored and is now accepted that the participation of women in all aspects of life and public life is critical to the empowerment of all women and to society as a whole. And I repeat again, it is a, a society that is severely damaged that operates on the basis of accepting women's exclusion. What progress we have made in the last 25 years has not been even, and our journey towards the achievement of full equity between women and men is far from completed. But I have to say in one paper after another since I became president, and even speaking in Europe, it was striking to me how in the period of adjustment to austerity, there is no doubt that if in the past women had in fact carried the greatest burden of family poverty and household poverty. It is equally the case that they paid the highest price for austerity. The adjustments that were made within families and households, even in relation to every aspect of society, not just in relation to nutrition and housing and education, but education itself. And then within the institutional structure, there is often a lethargy for change. While women have made considerable advances in terms of participation in third-level education, they remain un considerably underrepresented in the different institutional structures of the state, state boards, senior levels of public and service, and many years of decision areas of decision-making and policy formation. It is very hard to believe with the number of brilliant women who have come through the third-level system that it is still a natural law that suggests that three-quarters of professors are male. 
despite the fact that over half the workforce in that particular sector are in fact female. And then again too, I think in relation to when I must speak so often about the importance of science and Ireland and so on, it isn't only the case only of young girls taking science subjects, it is of having a career structure in science and technology that enables a woman, in fact, to actually interrupt her career and resume it and continue to make progress, and so that we would have the benefit of something that is very hard to say, but is something that is so necessary, and that is the, the woman's mind in relation to all of the areas of science and technology. I'm in a position to say from what I write and speak myself that there is so much that we owe to feminist economics. And it is from feminist economics that we have some of our most powerful insights into relation to the necessary balance between ecology, economy, and ethics. But I think there has been a reduction to some extent in the biases that were the stereotypical career expectations for girls. I think women are significantly underrepresented, as I have said, in STEM-based careers. Uh, I think that, as well, women are more likely to be on contract basis, part-time basis, and of course, in relation to so many of you here in this room have done practical work on it, in relation to pension rights, women are discriminated. But these discrepancies can no longer be attributed to the absence of qualifications, relevant skills or ambition amongst women, but rather to the many barriers that exist to their full participation in the workplace, including a lack of affordable childcare and an absence of the real flexibility in many organisations that would enable women to realise their professional potential. But I do want to say it is a very primitive version of the economy that does not regard all the different caring activities within the society as real work. It is, something of the it is something that is, I think, withering on the vine, these old notions of, of and definitions of work that were carrying the heavy hand of male prejudice. And behind the work process, as I have said, undertake the, the significant caring work undertaken by women continues to be greatly undervalued in our society. And it's a significant factor in the lower economic status of women in this, in this country. Why should we, for example, and it has so struck me particularly in the lower socioeconomic categories when shortages come and all of the rest of it, that because women, mothers and others, are people who are caring for children, are willing to make the greatest sacrifices, that you could actually build on that and you could take it for granted, when in fact we have to recognise we have to restructure our society. I've said really, and you know all these issues so much better than me, and the purpose of inviting you all here this afternoon has been on my part, is to recognise what you're doing and to wish you well. And I think an awareness of gender-based and sexual violence, that has improved. The prevalence of violence against women remains a grave cause for concern. And equally concerning is the finding in the Pavy Point, and they are represented here today, the Joint Shadow Report to UN Kedwa Committee that traveller and Roma women are among the most marginalised and excluded individuals and groups in Ireland today. A further discrimination built within a discrimination within a great social failure. 
And I want to acknowledge the important work of those with, I had the great privilege of appointing Dr. Cindy Joyce, Sinead Burke, Augustine Burke, and Mary Murphy to be members of the Council of State in my second period of presidency. Cindy Joyce is a great human rights activist, not only the first member of the traveling community to be awarded a doctorate, but also the first, as I have said, to be appointed to a Council of State. And her research into the institutionalized stereotyping of travelers amongst the settled community and how it affects the use of what are, what are meant to be public and shared spaces gives us much sobering food for thought. We are in 2020 where young traveler children will construct elaborate ways of being able to go to a public event so as to be able to not to avoid prejudice. And we should see, see this for the enormities as it is, because there are, unfortunately, those who would like to see the same thing happening in relation to children who are different or the children of migrants. This is why today is such a striking day that you are all here, activists and advocates and people who are doing different things in different ways that sees the importance of negating that kind of behaviour. A quarter of a century has now passed, and I think that since that seismic moment when thousands of women gathered in China 25 years ago to agree an agenda for women's rights and empowerment, and now you are here this afternoon, for them, it was a moment that would signify a critical turning point in our global struggle for gender equality and justice. And as we approach the 25th anniversary in Sunday of the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action, we must renew our commitment to increasing women's participation in decision-making, not just the woman's voice, but the woman's thought and the woman's instinct in challenging societal norms and values, confronting deep-rooted prejudices, as we work to achieve a global vision of full gender equality. And this afternoon, we send our voice to all the women in Africa and Asia and all of the different continents who have been ground down by circumstances, the women in the refugee camps, the women who are traveling on the roads fleeing from violence, the women who are in our direct provision centers. 2020 marks the 25th anniversary of the adoption of, as we, I think as well, or not we are the sustainable, we, we are also 2020, we are marking the sustainable development goals by the United Nations. And goal number five, which calls on all nations of the world to, I quote, achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. And that is a further articulation of global commitment to the achievement of full gender equality, building on and emphasizing the commitment made by the Beijing Declaration highlighting as it does gender equality as both an objective in itself and a requirement for achieving all of the development goals, underlining further the vital role of all those who challenge societal norms and values and confront deep-rooted prejudices against women. And it's always important as I finish to say this, that it isn't only effort and exercise against something. It is about the sheer joy and splendour and unrealised humanity that will prevail when we have an equal society. It isn't a case of ever being just a substitute to something else. It is what is there to be achieved, and which your work in all your different ways is doing. 
Martoshit and Mantfiatis, Le Docust in Walter, Sekart and Mano and Erin, Agus at Fontan Le Pliantafata. Agus Gambuicus Livrish, Agus Actor Quid Upper, a Quid Ibra Tavata, Agus Quim Rogs Banner, Agar Cochra to make a Shuli Season Tauke. It is so, it is work that so many of you here have been undertaking. The purpose of this afternoon is to encourage you and thank you for all of that work. And as I have said in Irish, to wish you every success in everything that you will want to achieve in the decades to come. And there is a joyous future to be achieved in an atmosphere of equality. Equal societies are healthy societies. And equal healthy societies are the societies that have the greatest capacity for joy. I thank you for that important work, for all that you have achieved to date, for being here today. And I wish you again in English every success as you continue with your important endeavours. Thank you.